So let's take our Bibles and let's turn to uh, the book of Judges, chapter number 2. Book of Judges, chapter number 2. I actually got to see a little bit of world news this week, and I saw that a plane crashed in Nepal last Sunday, killed all 72 people on board the plane. It was that country's most deadly airline disaster in the last 30 years. They did recover the black box, and it's on the way to France to try to figure out the cause of the crash. Was it a mechanical issue? Was it pilot error? Or was it something else? When a disaster happens, in the aftermath of the disaster, we often see a variety of investigators, don't we? People trying to figure out what happened. And the reason we want to figure out what happened is so if we can prevent it from happening again. Tonight, we're going to begin an investigation, okay? Um, And we're going to look at a national tragedy, Israel's national tragedy that happened to them after settling into the promised land. Well, let's look at the tragedy and then we'll, we'll back up and look at the rest of the chapter here uh, as in our study. Uh, this is probably going to take two weeks uh, to, to go through. Uh, there's no way in the world I'm going to hit all this. Uh, and uh, keep your attention, all right? But uh, we'll begin at verse number 7. Look at Judges 2, verse number 7 says, And the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua. That's a good thing, right? And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua. That's also a good thing. Who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did for Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in timnath Heres. Uh, in the Mount of Ephraim, on the side of, of the hill Gaash. And also, here's the tragedy, also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. In other words, Joshua and all those elders uh, that were with Joshua, uh, that outlived him, they, they, uh, they were gathered unto their fathers. a good way of saying that they died, okay? <laughs> And, and there arose another generation. Here's the tragedy. There arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. And the children, did eat, children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, of the gods of the people that were round about them, and bowed themselves unto them, and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord, and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And we could read on, and you know, of course the anger of the Lord was stirred up against them because of such a thing. But think about, after wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, because their parents couldn't trust the Lord God to do what He said He would do. Somewhere in the neighborhood of about two million Israelites had crossed Jordan with Joshua as the leader. And this was a highlight in the life of every person who participated in that accomplishment. They, they had witnessed the mighty power and wonder of God through, all throughout the conquest of Canaan. Verse 7 talks about that. They had, they had seen all the great works of the Lord that He did for Israel. That last phrase there in verse 7. 
However, one generation later, doesn't take long for things to change, does it? One generation later, the same nation is in deep trouble, according to verse number 10. And what we see here begs for an examination to answer this question, what happened? And I want us to look and see exactly what happened. And a follow-up question, uh, could what we see happen here in Judges 2 happen again? It could, couldn't it? Yeah, and there's a reason for why these things are recorded in Scripture. As for us to look at and learn, it's for our learning. Many of us have witnessed the mighty power and wonder of God since we've come to know the Lord. But, but in your mind, don't you question what's in store for the church in the next generation? I know I certainly do. We, we should be concerned. What happened? Who or what failed in this situation to cause this great tragedy that we see here? Well, the first thing we're going to take a look at is who did not fail. Okay? And that's what we want to cover tonight. That the Lord God did not fail His people. Amen? That's right. The, the Lord's promises never fail. The Lord God redeemed Israel from Egypt just as He had promised Abram. Over 400 years earlier, in Genesis 15, verse 13 and 14, He said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them. They shall afflict them 400 years. And also... That nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward they shall come out with great substance. Hmm. The Lord predicting what was going to happen. Um, and we know that the Lord God redeemed Israel from Egypt just as He promised Abram. The Lord God brought them to Canaan land just as He promised. Look at Genesis chapter 13. Um, we'll be back to Judges in a little bit, but I want, to, I want you to turn to Genesis 13 because we're going to take a look at several different uh, places here in Scripture and uh, uh, show you what the Lord did, what He said. And first of all, we see the Lord promised the land to Abraham and his descendants in Genesis chapter 13 and verse number, look at verse number 14. 13 14. Okay. It says in verse 14, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. All the land which thou seest to thee uh, will I give it, and to thy seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise! Walk through the land and the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty specific promise. He, walked, he had him walk the land. Look at uh, chapter 15, verse number 18. Chapter 15, verse 18. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying unto thy seed, Have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the, the river Euphrates? And then look at uh, chapter number 18, excuse me, chapter number 17, chapter number 17, verse number 6. Chapter 17, verse 6 says, And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. Notice this. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land 
wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So the Lord promised the land to Abraham specifically. The Lord promised the land also to Isaac. Look at uh, Genesis chapter number 26. Genesis 26. And we see where he reiterates the command. Uh, I mean, the, reiterates the promise, excuse me. 26, verse number 1. It says here, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went into uh, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, and Gerar, and and the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee, and will bless thee. For unto thee and to thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. He's he's telling Isaac what I what I told. Your father, I, I'm making you the same promise. Look at verse 4. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven, and will give unto thy seed all these countries, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because that Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, and my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So uh, the Lord promised Isaac from the faithfulness of Abraham. And we see the Lord promised the land to Jacob in Genesis 28. Look at Genesis 28, verse number 13. Verse number 13. Genesis 28, 13. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and the God of Isaac. The land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed, and to and thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land. For I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. So, the promise was given to Jacob. And then we see the Lord promised the land to the children of Israel through Joseph. We know how uh, in uh, uh, chapter 46 and verse 3 and following, Jacob uh, you know, went, he, was, he was called to, to go into the land where uh, uh, Joseph was, and that's in Egypt. And then the Lord promised the, the land to the children of Israel through Joseph. As Joseph got to the end of his reign, he was about to die. Look at Genesis chapter number 50. Genesis chapter number 50. And look at verse 24 and 25. It says, And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die. And God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land, unto the land which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. <laughs> There's the promise again. You know, he's saying what God what God told our our uh, forefathers, he's going to fulfill it. Hey, we're going to come out of Egypt, and we're going to we're going to go back in the land where where God has, has promised. And it says in verse 25, and Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you. And you shall carry up my bones from hence. And we saw that that actually took place in the book of Joshua. Amen. Um, now, uh, the Lord also promised the land. Look at Exodus chapter number 3. Uh, 
Exodus 3, verse number 6. When he came to Moses, the Lord promised the land to the children of Israel through Moses. Part of what Moses was supposed to do is says, hey, look, you know, the Lord is going to give you uh, uh, the land. He's going to take you out of, out of Egypt and he's going to give you uh, the land that's been promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look at uh, uh, Exodus 3, verse number 6. Verse number 6 says, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of the taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the, the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up, to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and Jebusites. Uh, that's the, that's the, what was the promised land. I mean, that was the land the, the Lord had promised to Abraham, look at uh, verse number number 15, verse number 15 of the same chapter. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen uh, which is done to, uh, to you in Egypt. And so we see there in verse 17, he says, And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites and Hittites and Amorites and Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And then look at chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse number 6. The Lord telling him once again what to say. It says here in Exodus 6, 6, where it's, Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with a stretched out arm with great judgments, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you into the, unto the land concerning which I did swear to give it to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. And I will give it to you for inheritance. I am the Lord. <laughs> and so we see over and over again the Lord promised. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, through Joseph, the, to the children of Israel, to Moses. Um, the Lord God kept his covenant with them just as he promised. Aren't you glad the Lord keeps His promises and never fails? Romans 4.21 says that Abraham was fully persuaded that what he, speaking of the Lord God, had promised, he was able also to perform. What God promises, he'll do. Now, let's pause here and understand that just as Israel had some promises, so do we as believers. We've got some promises. We have the Lord's promise of eternal life in Christ. 1 John 2.25, this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. 
In 1 John 5, verse 11 through 13, this is the record that God hath given to us. Eternal life, and this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So we got the Lord's promise of eternal life. And you can just bank on it. If you've done what the Lord has told you to do, you got eternal life. Amen? You believed on His Son, believed the gospel, and that's, that's what it takes. Uh, we also have the Lord's promise of the indwelling Holy Spirit as believers. John 14, verse 16 to 17, the, the Lord Jesus told his disciples, He said, I will pray the Father. He, he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And then Ephesians 1, 13, After that ye believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So we have the Lord's promise of the indwelling Holy Spirit as believers. Not only that, we have the Lord's promise that He's coming back one day. Amen. And we may live in a time right now that folks are saying, where is the promise of His coming? Just like Peter predicted in 2 Peter 3, verse number 4. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord's not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thankful for what Hebrews 10, verse 36 and 37 says, says, For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Jesus is coming. One of these days, he's coming. He said he's going to come, so he's coming. You can count on it. We can't tell you when, but I can tell you he's coming. And then we have the Lord's promise of a new heaven and new earth one day. You know, the, the people that um, control the governments and media, they, they would have you think we're destroying planet Earth. You know, we, you know we're just going to wind up not having planet Earth. Can I tell you that we're at least a thousand and seven years plus away from this Earth being destroyed? Yeah, it's going to be around a while. It's, it's going to last through the millennium, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to last through the tribulation. It's going to look like it's going to be destroyed during the, during the tribulation period. But uh, uh, we know that um, uh, the Lord's promise of a new heaven and a new earth, uh, Peter said in 2 Peter 3.13, Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. And John saw it. In Revelation 21, verse number 1, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Now, that's after, after the millennial kingdom. Now, uh, the Lord's promises never fail. The Lord's purpose never fails. I'm glad that all that He's purposed, all that He said that He has purposed in His Word, He's going to bring it about. I love the verses from Isaiah 14, verse 24 and 27. Verse 24 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. And, and you know, God's not... Um, God's, God wasn't fearful to, to put it in print. 
because he knows he's going to bring it about. Amen? He, he's got the power to bring it about. He's going to bring it about. Verse 27, Isaiah 14, 27 says, For the Lord of hosts hath purposed, and who shall disannul it? His hand is stretched out, and who shall turn it back? Ephesians 1, 11 says, In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. Um, the Lord's got a purpose in each of our lives that are believers, and He's going to work those things out in our lives. Amen? What a blessing. 2 Timothy 1.9 Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to His own purpose, His own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. So, the Lord God did not fail. His promises nor His purposes ever fail. But we see that the Lord... God's people did fail. Amen. The Lord God's people did fail. Um, we're just going to take a look at a little bit of this tonight, and we'll come back and look at the, some of the rest of it, uh, Lord willing, next week. But uh, the grandparents failed. Okay? The grandparents failed. You would think that some valuable lessons would have been taught to their children and grandchildren while they wandered in the wilderness. Don't you think? You know, these these... Uh, grandparents that were knew that they were dead meat. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they were. God said, "You're going to die. You're going to drop in. Your, your carcass is going to drop in the wilderness." But the Lord gave them some grace there. Uh, some t- they had some time that they could teach their, their children and grandchildren uh, while they wandered in the wilderness, waiting to die. Here are a few lessons that they should have taught. They should have said, "You know, trust God." <laughs> Do, Trust Him to do what He says He will do. Um, and uh, God will do what He says He will do. Uh, and, but they could not trust Him. God said, I'm, I'm well able to bring you into the land, but they, they couldn't trust. Uh, they, uh, the Lord, they trusted what they heard from the ten spies that brought the evil report. Uh, another thing is uh, to go against what God says to do is rebellion. And God takes rebellion seriously. Amen. They, they, were, they were learning that lesson. And they had rebelled against the Lord. And after they rebelled, they, they decided that they, okay, well, we made a mistake. We're going we're gonna to go on up. And the Lord said, too late. You know, you should listen the first time. Um, you know, I'm not going to be with you now going up in there. I told you I was going to be with you the first time. But no, you're, you're going to drop in the wilderness. And we know that... Uh, they could have taught their, their, the kids and grandkids rebellion is sin and God will judge and chasten sin because that's what was exactly what was happening. God was going to judge the sin and, and chasten that what was in their, their life. And the wages of sin is death. These things were things that should have been taught by the grandparents. Now next, next week we're going to come back and take a look at the parents um, how the parents failed. I mean, we've most recently looked at the parents, and uh, we'll take a look at in Judges chapter two, verses two and three. And in fact, let's let's go back and read that, and we'll we we'll just give you a preview of what we're going to be taking a look at. <clears throat> let's begin with verse number one. And an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim, and said. 
I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And we just saw all that, didn't we? We did. And, and you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. He told them that. You shall throw down their altars. But ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Yeah. The Lord gives us clear things in His Word. So this, this is what I want you to do, and this is what I don't want you to do. And then we violate what He says. Why have you done that? <laughs> you know, It's a good question, isn't it? Why, do, why, why did you do that? So we'll come back, Lord willing, and take a look at that. That's uh, as far as I plan on going tonight. But we'll come back and, and finish this up, Lord willing, next week. Let's pull back out our prayer list. We'll pray for the needs. And we will be dismissed with this prayer.